Well, good morning, City Light. It is good to be back with you. Doug says it's been a while since we've been in the same room. That's because uh, we're planting a church in southwest Iowa. Last week, I was gone um, for the launch Sunday at City Light Southwest Iowa. It's a public launch. They're a uh, functioning, fully uh, operational church right there in Emerson. Yes. I don't know if you guys heard about this, but uh, there were around 130 people that packed into that uh, building to eat donuts together, sing to Jesus together, hear the gospel preached together, and then take selfies together at the photo booth. It was super fun. Felt like city light, right? And uh, uh, so I'm just celebrating. It's so fun to see God build his church. Right? It's, we've seen him do it right here. We've seen city groups multiply across the city. We've seen people who were far from Jesus uh, hear his gospel, give their lives to him, and then get baptized. Uh, and now we're seeing this movement of the gospel that's happened in us move beyond us. It's, it's amazing. It moved beyond us last week when City Light Southwest Iowa went live. It's going to move beyond us next week when City Light Kansas City starts their core team services. I don't know if you've heard about this. Their core team's been growing. They got a building. They're going to start gathering on Sundays next week. So we're like in a sandwich here. Yeah. God is on the move, and man, it's fun to see him build his church. And so I just, I say often God's timing is perfect. It doesn't always feel that way in the moment, but it just, we know it's true. And I say it today because uh, we're in Acts chapter 8. We didn't plan this out, but that's where we are. We're in a sandwich between a church that just went live and another church is just ready to go. And uh, the gospel's moving beyond us. In Acts chapter 8, we see the gospel moving beyond Jerusalem. Now, I don't know if you remember, but in Acts chapter 1, Jesus told his friends, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus said, man, my word that came to you is going to move beyond you, and I'm, it's going to go out. And so in Acts chapter 8, we see the gospel move beyond Jerusalem into Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. There's this transition that happens in the book of Acts, and it happens in Acts chapter 8. And so I just want to say what we see happening right here today, the gospel that started uh, in us, moving beyond us, that's the same thing that we see happen in the book of Acts. The God that we serve is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Amen. He's good. So we can read his word. We can take encouragement for today. In Acts chapter 8, the gospel moves outside Jerusalem. And it takes us to a conversation on a desert road between a guy named Philip and an Ethiopian royal official. Now, as we get started this morning, I got to say, uh, this particular passage in the Bible it just speaks right to one of my deepest insecurities. Uh, here it is. I'm going to confess it to you. I've got a severe case of FOMO, okay? You guys know what this is? It's not a medical term. Uh, if you don't do text speak, it's fear of missing out. F-O-M-O, I got it bad. What it means is wherever anybody else is, I want to be there. I want to get picked for the team. I want to be in the game. I want to get in the mix, and I hate being left out. 
So at home, wherever Sarah is, that's where I want to be. Inside, outside, upstairs, downstairs, doesn't matter. I just want to be in the room with her. At work, it means every time there's a lunch meeting with anybody, I just want to go. Not because I want lunch, but just because I want to hang out with people. I want to be in every conversation. If people are gathering for anything, anywhere, I want to be there. Timesheets and spending reports can be turned in tomorrow. The lawn can get mowed next week. I'll sleep when I'm dead. All right, awesome stuff happens when people are together and that's just where I wanna be. I got FOMO, I'm gonna miss it if I'm not there. Can anybody relate? I feel like I'm, yes, all the extroverts are like, amen, and all the introverts are like, give me a book and shut the door, okay? That's not me. I got FOMO, and man, in Acts chapter eight, we're gonna see a guy who got left out. It was a FOMO sufferer's worst nightmare, greatest fear. Now, we don't get this guy's name, but we get his description. Here it is. There was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. All right, so, uh, that, so here's what we know about this guy. First, he made a long journey to worship God in Jerusalem. Likely the reason he did that is because God's temple was in Jerusalem. So you would make a great journey to go worship God there because God's presence was in the inner courts of the temple in Jerusalem. Now let me be clear. God's presence was not confined to those inner courts. It's not like God was only there, but in those days, God had just chosen to make his presence known in a unique and special way in the inner courts of the temple. And so, if you made the trip to visit the temple, there was something kind of special and unique and powerful about worshiping God there. And so, this guy, we don't know his name, but we do know he traveled a great distance to worship God in his temple. So we know that much. We also know that he was from Ethiopia. Quick geography refresher. Ethiopia is in Africa, and Jerusalem is in the Middle East. That means when this Ethiopian, this African man visited the temple, when he was in Jerusalem, he was a foreigner. He would not have looked like most of the other people in the temple, either in attire or in skin color. He just would have been different. He would not have sounded like most of the other people in the temple. He would have spoken with an accent. On first glance, if you just shook his hand, you would know right away this guy is not from around here. He doesn't blend in. He stands out. But more importantly than not blending in, he was not allowed in. He was not admitted in because the temple had laws, and those laws forbid foreigners from entering the inner courts of the temple. So he wouldn't have been allowed in. This guy had the wrong hometown, the wrong home country, and so the dude got left out. So we know he made a long trip to worship God in Jerusalem. We know he's an Ethiopian, and we know that he was a eunuch. Now, I just got to say, I'm real grateful that this is not a common term in our society today, okay? I'm praising God for that. You may ask, what is a eunuch? And to answer, I got to do a little dancing because we try to keep it PG around here, okay? Uh, a eunuch is a man who had been castrated, not circumcised, but castrated. And so if you're a eunuch, your identity was 
was bound up with what you didn't have, what had been cut off, okay? Uh, If you were a eunuch and people knew that, they would know what you didn't have, all right? Are you tracking with me? Enough said. Uh, You don't you don't dream about having these conversations in front of a large group of people <laughs> when you think about being a pastor. <laughs> so the eunuch had been cut off physically, and eunuchs were also cut off from temple activity. There were other religious laws that said eunuchs could not enter the temple. So uh, foreigners can't enter the temple, eunuchs can't enter the temple. This guy was a foreign eunuch. Suffice it to say, he's not getting in. He got left out twice. He didn't come from the right place, and he didn't have the right parts. Though he had traveled more than a 1,000 miles across a desert to worship God in the temple, once he got there, he was left standing on the outside looking in. I got to say, as I just imagine, I like to picture myself in the story. As I imagine this, I imagine that was a bittersweet experience. Don't you think? Because on the one hand, he's actually at the temple. He gets to experience all of it. He gets to see the people who are walking in and out and around. He gets to see with his own eyes the animals that have been brought in for the sacrifices. He gets to hear the clamoring of hooves and wings and shoes and voices. He gets to smell all of the sweat and dirt that goes along with those animals. He just gets to take it all in. He's at the very temple he's read about in the scriptures, the center of the religious world at the time, the place where God had chosen to make himself known. He's right there. And part of that, on one hand, you got to think, man, that would have been a sweet moment, an awesome experience. And yet on the other hand, that sweet moment had to have a bitter side to it too. Don't you think? Because he made it all the way there. He took in the sights and the sounds and the smells. He watched people going in and out. And as he did, he just knew the inside is for them, not for me. I came all the way here and I can't get in. Getting closer to God in the inner courts, that's for somebody else. Other people with other backgrounds and other experiences they get to go in. People with the right hometown, the right name, the right clothes, the right body, they get to go in. The people who dress the right way and talk the right way and live the right way, the inside was for them. It wasn't for him. They got to go in. He got left out. Our Ethiopian eunuch was left on the outside looking in. Sort of like the Huskers at the winter table. They're just... It's getting hard because the, se- the season is bad, so I feel bad joking, but I can't help it. I'm a Hawkeye guy, so. <laughs> Our Ethiopian, he was left on the outside looking in. Can you imagine the bittersweet nature of that moment? Can I just ask you, have you ever felt like God left you out? I'm not talking about the time you didn't make the team or you didn't get the invitation or you didn't get the interview. I'm asking the question, have you ever felt like God left you out? Have you ever felt like God remembered to love everybody else, but he forgot you? Have you ever felt like 
Man, it seems like when everybody else reads the Bible, they get something out of it, but I read it and I just get confused. Have you ever heard stories of God answering other people's prayers and you sit there saying, man, I pray and all I get is silence? Have you ever felt like God left you out? Maybe like the eunuch, you feel like you've been on a long desert journey hoping to get a worship God, enter his presence, and then you get so close, just have to stand on the outside watching other people go in. Have you ever felt like God left you out? Um, If you have, I want to ask you today, would you stick with me? Because I think Acts has good news for people who are suffering from a little holy FOMO, okay? Uh, Acts has got a good word for us today. We're going to continue in the story. The eunuch, uh, after he visited Jerusalem, the Bible says he got in his chariot to go home. And in his chariot, while he's sitting in there, he is reading from a scroll, the book of Isaiah. Now, I read that and I think, I don't know how he did that. My family has a Toyota Sienna. It's got good shocks or struts. I'm not sure the difference between those two things, but I think they make the ride smoother. And we got good roads around here. And so sometimes my wife drives and I try to read and I still don't like to do it because you get that little bit of bounce once in a while and I just can't read. This guy is reading handwriting on a scroll sitting in a chariot on a primitive road. I just wonder, man, that's, uh, that's just impressive to me, right? It makes me think my excuses for not reading the Bible are weak sauce. This guy is rolling in his chariot reading Isaiah. And as he's doing that, the Holy Spirit tells this guy, Philip, hey, run over and join that chariot. Now again, Philip loves Jesus and he listens to the Holy Spirit. So you know what he does? He just runs up next to the chariot. And I think, how do you do that? If God told me, hey, go run to that Honda Civic, it better be parked, right? Because if the wheels are rolling, these legs aren't running. I just don't stride out like a normal person. If the the car is going, I'm just going to pray from a distance, right? I can't catch it. And I got to say, it's kind of funny to think about, but seriously, sometimes I feel that way when the Holy Spirit kind of nudges me to talk to somebody, Man, it feels like I'd have to run pretty hard to catch up there. I get, my heart starts racing. My, I get kind of sh- short of breath even sometimes, and I'm searching for words to say. Have you guys ever experienced that? The Holy Spirit's just kind of nudging you. You know the opportunity is there, and you just get a little bit stressed out. I don't know if I can catch up to that chariot, and even if I did, I don't know what I'd say. You ever been there? I get there, and I just want to encourage you today. Man, Philip, he just, when the Spirit tugged on his heart, he just ran. He just ran and God provided. I don't know if the chariot was going slow or fast. I don't know if I could have caught it or not, but what I do know is God helped Philip catch it. And then while they were running, he hears the Ethiopian reading Isaiah out loud, and between breaths, he says, hey man, do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian looks at him down from the chariot like, dude, you're you caught up. Good job. And uh, looks down at him. You, know, you understand what you're reading? And he says, how can I? And I just think, man, thank you, Jesus, for people like the, the eunuch. I sometimes read the Bible, and I just think, I don't know how to understand this. Have you ever been there? You read it, and you're like, this is confusing. I have no idea what it means. This eunuch said, how can I unless somebody guides me? 
He just says, I need some help. I need somebody to point me in the right direction. Somebody who's studied this a little bit more than me, it'd be helpful if you explained it a little bit to me. So he invites him up into the chariot, and Philip says, what are you reading? And they read this passage together. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation, for his life is taken away from the earth? And Philip, here's what the Ethiopian is reading. They look at it together, and Philip just thinks, boom right? The lamb that was slain, the sheep that was sacrificed. He's like, I know what this is about. The Holy Spirit's giving me kind of a soft toss here. Who goes to a messianic passage? You know, he's got it right there. And in these days, this passage in Isaiah was a hotly debated subject. They wondered, man, is Isaiah in this text uh, talking about himself, a little bit of prophetic self-reflection, Or is Isaiah talking about the the Savior that God promised to send to save his people? Which one is it? And there were people on both sides. And the eunuch is wrestling with this question. They read the text and then he says, who's Isaiah talking about? And Philip knew the answer. He'd read his Bible. He'd listened to Jesus. The Holy Spirit was inside of him. And so he opens his mouth and from that passage makes a beeline to Jesus. Here's how the book of Acts says it. Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. Philip opens his mouth, and he says, you know what? The ultimate fulfillment of the sacrificial lamb is Jesus Christ. Jesus was the sheep. Jesus was denied justice. Jesus died, and Jesus is God's promised Savior. He just goes from Isaiah to Jesus. Philip opened his mouth. I just want to take a minute and say, man, I think we can learn from Philip here what it looks like for us to open our mouths and talk about Jesus. For what it looks like for us to open our mouths and use the Bible to point to Jesus. Do you see what Philip didn't do when he opened his mouth? He didn't get bogged down in conversations about morals and methods. Philip didn't try to convince the eunuch to be a better person. In this situation, Philip, uh, he found the fastest route to Jesus and then focused the conversation on him. And I got to say, man, that gets me excited to talk about Jesus. That has implications for the way you and I get to talk about Jesus. It means when we talk about Jesus, we aren't the morality police that are supposed to make people feel guilty for all the ways that they've messed up. It means when we talk about Jesus, we aren't debaters ready to argue our point. It means when we talk about Jesus, we're not salesmen trying to hit a quota. It means when we talk about Jesus, we know that Jesus' good news is good news for everybody, and so we're just sharing good news. That's all we're called to do. We just open our mouths and make a beeline to Jesus and the good news of Jesus Christ for sinners that need a Savior. That's all there is. And so I'm grateful for Philip that he ran when the Spirit called and that he opened his mouth when the opportunity arose. I'm praying we could be that kind of people. Amen? So you might be thinking, okay, Eric, he uh, talked about Isaiah and he goes to Jesus, but what I want to know is this Ethiopian eunuch that he's talking to He had just been left out and cut off from the temple. 
why would any of God's news be good to him? Even if God was going to send a sacrificial lamb who would save, would this guy not also get cut off and left out from that Savior's saving grace? Why would this be good news for somebody who was left out and cut off? And if you're asking that question, I think Isaiah gives us the answer. I don't know if Philip went from Isaiah 53 to Jesus through Isaiah 56, but today I'm going to do that. It's just a few scroll rolls down the scroll, right, from where they were reading. Um, God made a promise straight to, directly to the left out and cut off. Here's how it begins. Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say... The Lord will surely separate me from his people. No longer will the foreigner say that. And let not the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. The good news of the coming Savior is that his saving grace is not just for the people on the inside. The foreigner no longer says, I'm separated. And the eunuch no longer says, I'm defined by what's been cut off, by what I don't have. Something is changing for the left out and the cut off when the Savior comes and the promise gets deeper. For thus says the Lord, to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I'll give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. The eunuch is in the house. The eunuch who loves the Lord gets something better than kids or descendants or offspring that will carry their name for one more generation. A eunuch couldn't have that. But they're going to get something better than that. When the Savior comes, they get invited into a family to take on an everlasting name that, did you catch the language of the promise? Can never be cut off. If you're a eunuch, is that not good news, right? You're no longer defined by what you don't have. You're defined by what you do have, by what can never be cut off, by what is eternal, the everlasting name of Jesus Christ, the Savior sent by God himself. And the promise gets better. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful. Where? In my house of prayer, their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for who? All peoples. The good news of Jesus is that the house of God is now a a house of prayer for everybody. In Christ, there is no foreigner, there is no outsider, because his house is for everyone. Your background doesn't matter, your lineage doesn't matter, your history doesn't matter, your color doesn't matter, your accent doesn't matter, your height doesn't matter, your beard might still matter. (laughs) Just kidding. None of that matters. Good news for Doug. God sent Jesus so that all people who love him can enter his house. The foreigner is no longer left out, and the eunuch is no longer cut off. And just in case it wasn't clear enough with all of that, the promise ends like this. The Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel declares, 
I will gather yet others to him besides those already gathered. It's like God is saying to the left out and the cut off, you see those people gathered inside? My place isn't just for them. It's for you too. I'm gonna open the doors and welcome you in. That's God's promise. Before Jesus, the foreigner was left out and the eunuch was cut off, but in Christ, the foreigner is family and the eunuch is welcomed in. Jesus' saving grace is for everyone. And so I just wanna end today with a couple takeaways. If that's true, if that's the good news that we can know from the Old Testament to the New Testament, how does that impact us today, this minute, this day, this week? I got two takeaways. First, I think this is fuel for mission. Why do we plant churches? Why do we multiply city groups? Why do we talk to other people about Jesus? It's because he is sending his gospel to the ends of the earth. It was never meant to stay in one place for one kind of person. It was never meant to leave people left out and cut off. And so that means the people that live around you and work around you and play around you and study around you and are on your team, all of those people, the gospel is meant for them. The Savior who was sent was sent for them. And so, City Light, I would ask you, man, if you've experienced the saving grace of Jesus Christ, would you jump into this gospel movement? Would you be like Philip, who just, he was ready when the Spirit called him to run, to trust that he would provide. And then when he hopped in the chariot, he was just ready to open his mouth. He trusted the Spirit would guide his words. Oh, man, I'm praying that we would be a church full of Phillips. Oh, let me tell you a quick story. Uh, we got the baptism tank up here this morning, and that's because uh, later on in the 11 o'clock gathering, somebody's going to get baptized. Uh, there's a gal in our church named Heather, and she just had the courage to talk to her friend Angel about Jesus. And after they talked a little bit, uh, Heather invited Angel to church. She got connected here. She's been coming. And now she's given her life to Jesus. And Heather gets to baptize her today. Their story. Yeah, you clap for that. Their story is an Acts 8 story. The gospel that came to us is meant to go through us. The gospel that is among us, working among us, is meant to work beyond us. This is fuel for mission. City Light, would you jump in? Would you just pray that God would make you like Philip? Let's be a church full of Philips, all right? Um, number two, second takeaway. I want to say the good news that Philip showed the eunuch back then is still good news today. Let me say it one more time. The good news that Philip showed the eunuch back then is still good news today. God's promises still stand. Jesus still saves. And that means this gospel that Philip preached to the eunuch is the same gospel that we're preaching to you. And if you've ever felt like the eunuch left out and cut off, if you've ever felt like you sit in this room and hear the gospel preached and hear that Jesus can save and redeem and restore and you felt like that's good news for somebody else, but you don't know what I've done. 
You don't know where I've been. You don't know the baggage that I carry. That can't be for me. You don't know what I looked at last night. You don't know what I did last week. You don't know what happened to me when I was a kid that I still can't get over. You don't know. I'm telling you today, the Bible says, I may not know, but God knows, and he sent his son to save and redeem and restore you. The gospel is good news for everybody. His house is a house of prayer for all people. And so I want to ask today, man, might today be the same? Might today be the day that you do what the eunuch did? That you just say, man, I have been left off, left out and cut off. I've been looking for a way in. I knew it wasn't for me. But if Jesus made the way, I'm giving my life to him. And would you do that? Would you turn to Jesus today? You don't have to feel left out anymore. You don't have to be cut off one more minute. Jesus' gospel's for you. Would you turn to him today and find a savior to believe in and a family to belong to? Jesus came to save. Man, before he came, people were left out and cut off. But now that Jesus is here, his gospel is for you, and he welcomes in the outcast, the left out, and the cut off. Amen? Let's pray. Oh, God, uh, I just got to confess, I need uh, passages like this. I need words like this in my own heart. I just know, man, my fear of missing out, my FOMO, it doesn't just happen at home or with the guys. Man, it happens with you. And there are times when I turn from you and stray, when sin captures me, and I feel like because of what I've done, I don't get to go in. Because of who I am, I'm going to get rejected. God, God's not going to love me because I'm unlovable. I just have this fear of missing out on you. And so I need passages like this that clearly speak the gospel that it is for everyone. Background doesn't matter. Your history doesn't matter. Your hometown doesn't matter. The gospel's for everybody. And so God, I just, I thank you for that good news. And God, I pray today for people who might be sitting in here who've heard this news, but it's never been good news for them. It always feels like good news for someone else. God, today I ask, would you not let that happen again? If that's been you, if you're the one who said, man, God could never love me, that's for somebody else, I, I'm standing on the outside looking in. Man, would you just hear the words of Isaiah? God's house is a house for everybody. Did you hear the words of Jesus? You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. I'm going to take my gospel to everybody, everywhere. The good news of Jesus is good news for you. And so if you need to hear that today, if you need to turn to Jesus today, if you feel like the eunuch and you just want to say, why wait? If that's true, why wait? Hey man, would you just turn to Jesus today? Just pray. Man, Jesus, I've felt left out. I've messed up. I'm not good enough. I don't come from the right place or have the right parts. But God, I, I want you. And if you would have me, I'll give my life to you. God would have you. And he will take you in. And if you can pray a prayer like that, you can do what the eunuch did and leave today rejoicing for all that God has done. And man, for the rest of us who have heard it, God, would you just not let us sit on this good news? Would you help us do some spiritual wind sprints and get ready to run when you call? God, would you prepare us to open our mouths that we might share the good news with people who need to hear it? God, would you save souls? 
because you work through broken but redeemed people like us. For your glory, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.